Good morning, everybody. Welcome back into another episode of the Penn State 365 podcast. My name is Dylan Count Crowley, beat writer, recruit analyst at Happy Valley Insider of the Rivals Network covering Penn State Athletics today. I'm joined by Rivals National Recruiting Analyst Clint Cosgrove to uh, discuss Penn State's hiring of offensive coordinator Andy Kultanicki. Uh As of the time recording, not 100% official yet. Penn State has to still go through uh, the board of trustees meetings, executive meetings to approve the contract, but uh, it should become finalized sometime on Friday. Uh, but Clint, thanks for joining us on the podcast. And uh, how are you today? Oh, great, man. Thanks for having me. Always, uh, always excited to talk ball on a podcast, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Going to talk a little bit of Andy Kultanicki here today and uh, also pick your brain on one of Penn state's 2024 commitments, Ethan Grunkmeyer, but Let's start with Andy Kultanicki. Uh, you're a Midwest-based uh, guy. You're our expert in the Midwest. Uh, Andy Kultanicki, somebody outside of his time, short stint with Buffalo, uh, has been in the Midwest uh, for his entire career. Uh, just what are your overall thoughts on Andy Kultanicki? Uh, the coach, uh, you, you know him a little bit as a person. Just what are your overall thoughts on Andy? I think he's a phenomenal coach. He's a guy who's kind of rose up the, arisen up the ranks, and you don't always see that at the college football level. Now, you know he was he was with Leopold, which which helps, you know, because you don't see guys like that very often. Um, But he is a he's an incredibly intelligent coach. He's a he's a great person, and uh, you know I've known him for a long time. You know, it's not like we talk all the time, but. When I was on staff at University of Minnesota, one of uh, my coworkers, Jordan Geely, who's now the defensive line coach, I think assistant head coach at Northern Illinois, was good friends with Andy. They had GA'd at uh, Western Illinois together. So Andy would always work our camps. I knew he was a bright young coach. <clears throat> I knew he was a great offensive mind. But you don't always see those guys, like I said, rise up the ranks the way he has. And the thing that I love right. about him is he has broken records and he has had success every single place he goes. And, you know, I know a lot of his success is, uh, you know, they associate it with with Lance Leopold uh, with, with reason because that's his success at the Division One level. But he's had success sure. at every level that he's been at. Uh, with every coach he has been at, uh, been with, and uh, I think that you know that bodes well for Penn State. The the guy is going to get the most out of the offense. He's going to get most out of the personnel and and the you know the hand he's dealt. Sure, and and you bring up working with Lance uh, Leopold. Um, he he's been with Lance for the last dec about decade. Uh, so and he's had his opportunities to go to other jobs with not that are not with Lance. So what do you think it says? Uh, for him at, at this point in his career uh, to leave Lance, his mentor, and go to Penn State because he's had those other opportunities to leave uh, Lance's side and, and never did. And uh, this was the opportunity he chose to do so. So what do you think that says about the opportunity he's taken at Penn State? But uh, do you think perhaps he, he sees this as well as a little bit of a potential better next step to get that head coaching job, maybe compared to where he is with Kansas. You can, some will say that he may have been one year away or so from a potential head coaching job with Kansas. But uh, as we've seen in the past at Penn state, if you have a really uh, strong offense coordinator showing or defense coordinator showing, you get a pretty big uh, power five job quite quickly. Uh, Joe Moorhead had the Mississippi state job after two years 
Brent probably was there a little longer, but he got the Virginia Tech Tech job a little bit out of nowhere too on that one. But uh, what do you think it says about the opportunity at Penn State that it, this is what took uh, Andy from Lance? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I, I think two things you look at here. You look at the prestige of Penn State. It is a blue blood football program. Is a program that is a name in college football. Uh, you know, anybody who's been to Penn State for games, you you step on that field. I remember the first time I walked on that field, and I was like, it felt like I was walking at the Coliseum at Gladiator, you know, yep. in the movie Gladiator. And it, it's it's special. Um, there's not a lot of places like that. So I think it says a lot about the program. Uh, you know, it's sustained success and reputation over the years. Um, two, you talk about the guys that leave uh, who work for Franklin. Um you know, guys who work for Franklin, they they often get better jobs. You know, you talked about, you know, Pry and, and Moorhead. I mean, you got Ricky Ronnie who went down to yeah. Old Dominion. Um, you know, he does a good job of, you know, he's he's going to work his assistants hard, but he's also going to take care of them. And so if I'm Andy and I'm looking, okay, I've been the offensive coordinator at Kansas. I've had, I've done an incredible job. I've broken records everywhere I have been. Um, and I think, you know, these last couple of years we're saying, all right, Lance Leopold will leave and go to a bigger program. That was probably in Andy's mind, an opportunity for the Kansas job, I'm not saying he would get it for sure. Uh, you know, I know yeah. there's other guys who would be strong candidates there as well. Uh, like Willie Fritz down at Tulane, he's a Kansas person and, but he would be in the mix for that. And so, uh, I think he's looking for an opportunity to, one, go to a name brand program. He hasn't been to one yet. You know, Kansas has overachieved on the football field. Uh, I'm not going to say they're a basketball school because that would be an insult to what they've done on the football field. I think they've done a phenomenal job and overachieved sure. down there. Uh, Absolutely. But this is his opportunity to, okay, if I'm not going to get my, my big head job from here, where can I go to do it? And on a coordinator level, where can I go and be with the who's who at college football and compete for a championship. Uh, Penn State has the means to compete for national championships. I don't know if Kansas does. Maybe they'll get a you know a, a flash in the pan one year and be able to do sure. that. But you're not going to be able to sustain a roster like Penn State can. So you walk into that, you look at the coaches that have gone places from Penn State, and I think that's a perfect opportunity for Andy to do that. You walk in, you do a good job. He might do a good job in one year and be out. And I think if that yeah. does happen, that's a plus for Penn State. That means that they took that next step. You know what I mean? They're 10 and 2 this yep. year, yep. replacing a coordinator. You lost to Michigan and Ohio State, arguably two of the top five teams in college football. So they're right yep. there. They're right on the brink. But I understand as well, you know, you get the fans say, okay, we have the resources. This is a place that can compete for championships. And yes, we only lost two games, but how do we get it so we only lose one or don't lose any at all? We've got to win our own conference to win a championship. And so um, I think Andy looks at opportunity. Uh, you know, the ceiling or the the standard is high. Like, True. and I think that says a lot about him and his competitive nature and his belief in his system and his ability to coach. He wouldn't have taken a job just to take it because it's a name school. Um, he's very cool. analytical. He's extremely intelligent and he's very calculated. I think this was an opportunity that he felt he couldn't pass up uh, for the opportunities that we talked about. And I think it says a lot about the Penn State program and working for James Franklin and the trajectory, if they can make things come together. You know, they're a season yep. away from competing for a championship every year, it seems like, and maybe this is the missing piece. 
Sure. And, you know, in the expanded college football playoff era that is going to be upon us in just a couple months, Penn State, who, you know, has been on uh, the doorstep of the college football playoffs for seemingly the last five, six years outside uh, those 2020-2021 seasons, um, having that next step in the offense uh, with Koltanicki, uh, it could be what propels them into the college football playoffs next year, which uh, I, I think we would expect as of right now, but not just into the playoffs, potentially winning a game. And you talk about going to a you know name brand school, but also this is going to be the most talent that he's ever had to work with no at question. his disposal. And uh, no, no, you know, Jalen Daniels is a very good quarterback. Obviously was the big 12 preseason player of the year, but Drew Aller is going to be the best pure passer that he's ever worked with from a pure uh, skill standpoint. So uh, you look, I I think you also look at, he has the chance to work with the potential first round draft pick quarterback this upcoming year. And if that all goes well, uh, I I know here in Happy Valley, we all, when Drew signed on the dotted line, thought if everything works out to the way that Penn State and Drew wants it, he's going to be three years at Penn State, and then he's off to the NFL. So if something goes wrong next year, it, it's it, it's going to be a little uh, surprising, to say the least. But you add his potential with a offense coordinator like Colton Nicky, who's uh, very creative, uh, I, I think the potential is sky high for Penn State's offense. Uh, what what do you think Penn State fans should expect out of Colton Nicky as a play caller? Uh, we talked a little bit about it on uh, our on Happy Valley Insider. He, he's a very creative mind, uh, but what do you think Penn State fans should expect from him as a play call? Uh, well, the the thing that I like about him, and I I don't know if it's it's like the chicken and the egg. Does he adjust to his personnel, or is sure. his ability to teach his offense and get the most out of his personnel make him successful wherever right. he goes? Because it doesn't matter if it's Sioux Falls, University of Mary, Buffalo, Kansas, everywhere he goes, he's broken records. Um, Even his first year at Kansas, dealt a whole new team, not the talent that he's going to be walking into at Penn State, improves drastically, drastically in the first year. Uh, Second season, when they get some of their guys in there, they improve almost 15 points a game. That was second to only, uh, I believe, Washington. And that might have been, you know, well, they were really good. I don't know if that was Kalen DeBoer's when he first got there or, or what it was. But, you know, uh, even in the first year, putting up 57 points at, at, at Texas and, and beating them. So, you know, he walked into not a great situation there. And you look at what they've done on offense since. Then you look at the quarterback situation. This year alone, he's 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 broken records with Josh Bean, Jalen Daniels. They've got a uh, Cole, Cole Ballard. Uh, the third string quarterback walk on true freshman comes in and he performs. Now yep. Cole's built a little different. Uh, he isn't your traditional walk on his dad's a GM in the NFL. He was going to play baseball. And so that's kind of how his recruiting ended up the sure. way it did. But um, you look at the, his ability to walk in and have instant success. So now he's walking into a place with some talent. All right. And he's proven no matter where he goes that the talent either adjusts to him or he adjusts to the talent. Uh, talking with some NFL people, they talk about his play action game and his run game. Uh, Drew Aller is, is your prototype 
for that type of offense. If he can win off play action and take deep shots, we kind of talked about that off camera where, uh, you know, his, his average yards per completion wasn't very high. He did it in a couple games, but he's going to be set up for success in that part of his game. And he has the arm talent, skill set, and ability to capitalize on that. So I think you're going to see a lot more shots from him. Now, I know some of the reason this year would be uh, the wide receiver talent, uh, but Andy's proven to get the most out of some receivers that weren't recruited anywhere and, you know, make them playmakers. So I think that's what you can expect. You can expect a guy to walk in, maximize the talent, adjust very quickly. Uh, You don't often see an offensive coordinator at a 10 and two school that wasn't absolutely, absolutely horrible on offense. I mean, they put up some points this year, Uh, you know, get fired. And you don't do that unless there is something there where you, you know that if you hire the right guy, there's an opportunity for greatness. And right. then you you look at the hire and you say, okay, this isn't a typical James Franklin hire. This is outside of the box. Maybe this is somebody who comes in with a different scheme that, uh, you know, Franklin's able to focus more on being a head coach. Yeah, he's going to have input. Yeah, that's the type of coach he is. He's going to be a part of everything. But a guy with different ideas, a guy that might not have a lot of connections, and a guy that I think can really blend with what they have there. So I would expect instant improvement. It's not guaranteed, but you know, a lot of those things, when you have new coaches come in with talent and it doesn't work out, a lot of the time it's because of injuries. Well, you look at Andy, he's performed regardless. If kids yep. get hurt, the next guy steps up and he performs. And so I really like that. And like I said, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg, but wherever he goes, they're better right away. And usually in year two is when they really take off. So um, I expect an improved offense. And to be honest, I know it wasn't the the offense that Penn State fans had necessarily hoped for. I know they're looking to get over the hump, but um, I I would expect a a more productive offense and a more productive Drew next year. For sure. And and you you talk about Penn State putting up points. They averaged 37.2 points per game this year, which uh, was actually – Four about four more points than Kansas this year. Uh, obviously, a little bit different circumstances there and different uh, opponents. But uh, it, it, it's not like this was a bad Penn State offense. But it definitely it was lackluster in the way they scored those thirty seven point two points per game. Uh, but and I think the thing that stands out to me about the Kansas offense last few years is that um, how explosive they are on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, when you when you look at just this past this season. Uh, when it came to explosive play rate of of plays for twenty plus yards, uh, nine point about nine percent of their plays went for uh, twenty or more yards, which ranked top ten in the nation. Penn State crazy. was four point six percent, which ranked one hundred twenty third. Uh, so I, I, I think the explosiveness, but also the efficiency that the Kansas offense had, uh, they were bottom uh, ten in passing attempts this year but finished top 70 in passing yards and top 10 in passing yards per attempt. And so I think that's from what Penn State fans have had to watch in two of the last three years, because Yersich's first season was lackluster, the second season with a second-year Sean, well, a six-year starting quarterback in Sean Clifford was uh, solid, but then it took a step back this year. It's almost like a complete 180 from, well, Penn State fans have seen the last few years. Um, obviously, what he can do on the field is going to determine 
Penn State's success next season and ultimately his, you know, his his outlook for his career going forward. But also important for Penn State is what he's going to be able to do uh, on the recruiting trail to a degree. Now, as an offensive coordinator, he doesn't have to recruit, obviously, to the same level as other uh, assistants, positional uh, coaches. And, and Penn State uh, graduate assistant Danny O'Brien handles a ton of the quarterback recruiting and uh, is, is the main guy there. But when he needs to recruit, what, what can Penn State fans expect out of Colton? Is this going to be a guy who is personable with recruits that, that recruits are going to be able to, to uh, build strong connections with based off what you've heard about him in the past or experienced? Yeah. Um, I don't like, he's not a guy that you hire on your staff, in my opinion, to be like, you hired him because this guy's an ass kicker on the road. Now he could be, right. that's what he needed to be, but sure. his strength and what he's hired for is what he can do schematically developmental right. wise and, and making the most out of the talent you have. You have to have guys like that on every staff. And so, right. but I will say this about him, knowing him as a person, he is extremely personable. He's not going to do the flash and the flare and all that and try to prove how cool he is. He's going to relate to people. So he's a guy who can step into a living room and you feel like it's a family friend that came over. Uh, sure. He is a good person. He is a nice guy. He's got some fire to him. So don't don't mistake uh, the niceness for, for not having that. But um, I think when uh, recruiting is required of him, which it is going to be of the coordinator because some kids, depending on their pain points, depending on what's important to them, whether it's the head coach, the coordinator, or the position coach, there's going to be guys who want the coordinator involved in their recruitment. And Andy will be able to get on. And if that's an important part of an offensive player's recruitment, he's going to do a phenomenal job. He'll say the right things. He can relate. He can talk. He's a fun guy. Um, and he's a, he's a relationships guy. So, um, you know, I don't think a lot of him is going to be, a lot is going to be expected of him on the recruiting trail. Uh, but I think when put in positions where he needs to recruit, he'll do a hell of a job, just like he does everything else. He's very process oriented. Uh, he does what's required of him to be the best in the role that he has. If they put him in a recruiting coordinator role, I have a feeling that he would excel at that as well. That's just who he is. And so. And you can, and it goes back to working his way up. There was times when he was at Mary or Sioux Falls where he's the recruiting coordinator, probably painting the fields, coaching the quarterbacks, running the offense, and setting up the meeting room and maybe the field as well. So this guy has had every role that one coach can have. You find that at guys who came up from the young, uh, the the lower levels. He he's done it all, and you don't make it this far without being able to recruit. So. Um, you know, you don't put him as a guy who's like, OK, we're hiring this guy to go out and get every best player in the nation. Uh, right. But he is a guy that wouldn't be as far as he is if he couldn't do it. And I know just from knowing him and being around him, he's a guy that people can relate to. And I think that's part of the reason he has so much success when he walks into a new program. He's not going in there to show, hey, there's a new big guy in town all bow to me and my offense is going to make us king he's going to come in and he's going to work with you and be like guys what are we going to do to like make this happen and i think he would take the same approach on the recruiting trail you know sure. oh, what are you looking for okay we can do this you know uh you know what what are your pain points he's, he's smart enough where he's going to know that he's going to know how to recruit when when it's required of him and just like anything else he does like i said he'll he'll do a good job 
he's also one of those uh, offense coordinators in the country who can just simply also point to their track record of success yes. in the field and say, this is why you should come uh, play for me. Because, I mean, Jalen Daniels uh, developed into one of the best quarterbacks in the country, Big 12 uh, preseason player of the year this year, uh, and would have had a great chance of being that Big 12 player of the year if he didn't get injured. Uh, but even at Buffalo, he turned two quarterbacks into NFL guys who went to the NFL. Now, Tyree Jackson's the tight end, Tyree but Jackson. at the end of the day, he, he still got to the NFL. And uh, he had Jared Patterson uh, there as well. And uh, yeah, the track record speaks for itself uh, for sure with him. Well, I mean, no, uh, no player. When, yeah. I think Tyree Jackson won the Mac player of the year in 2018. Buffalo had never had a Mac player of the year. Um, yeah. So. Uh, you know, that says a lot about it right there. Um, and the one thing that I was thinking about when you brought up the explosive plays, and I don't want to forget because I think this is very important. I learned this from Mac Brown because when we played against him when I was on staff at Nebraska, he talked about it over. If you win the explosive play battle and the turnover battle, like you're going to win like this in, in, in incredibly high percentage of games. And you talk about your explosive play rate this year under Yersich, and then you look at the explosive play rate under Kotal Nicky, well, you combine your turnover ratio, and I'm not sure what it was, but I'd imagine it was very good with the defense that you have and Aller only throwing one interception. Um, with that explosive play rate, <laughs> and and maybe Franklin was looking at that and saying, okay, what's the what's the mix that we need here? Well, that could be the perfect combination. So, uh, and it was you saying that is what made me thought of that, and I was like, lights went off. I was like, oh my gosh, that could be an incredible combination. Yeah, Penn State this season forced uh, 24 turnovers, had a plus 18 uh, turnover margin this year. Uh, Where did that which, rank? Uh, number one in the country. Uh, <laughs> so can you imagine that with with yeah. with the a top 10 explosive play ratio like that is special. Four four be four turnovers better uh, than number two, which was Michigan. Uh, they they almost averaged a turnover margin. They averaged a turnover margin of 1.5. Uh, turnovers per game per game it's a good um, recipe yeah and, and penn state did do a lot of good things on offense they didn't turn the ball over a ton this year uh had just six turnovers in total uh and, but it was just that lack of explosiveness this year that really you look back at the michigan ohio state games is what really killed them and but with colton nicky coming in that like you said the turnover battle the explosive play battle those are two things that james franklin preaches at every post-game press conference or uh, his weekly press conference, you'll always go over, you know, either we lost the explosive play battle we wanted, we lost or won the turnover battle, we lost or won the uh, starting field position. And this yeah, is making and, a lot more sense now Yeah, <laughs> as we, well, as we talk it out. hundred <laughs> percent. And uh, the other thing that I think with Colton, that's really going to make Penn State fans excited is that, and, and you mentioned he, he really does curtail his offense to whatever he has at his disposal. Uh, at Kansas, he added triple option type plays to his playbook, something that we didn't see a ton at Buffalo or his previous stops. He's going to add to the playbook. He's going to take away from the playbook. It's not just one set playbook that he's going to come to Penn State with. It's, as I put in a tweet or put in my one story, it's going to be a playbook at Penn State that is – always in a state of evolution it, it's never going to be said and uh under mike yursich for all the successes he did have it, it never felt like penn state's offense this year had you know formed an identity 
or form or was having an evolution over the course of the season. Uh, they started strong, but after that, they tailed off and never really took a step forward again or really changed from week to week. With Andy, it, it seems like the Penn State offense, you know, it will have its base offense, which is going to stay the same, but you can get one week where Penn State's going to be really dominant through the air, uh, do a lot of uh, special and neat things in the, in the passing game, but then the next week they're going to come back out and do it on the ground instead. And they're just, he's always going to find a way to make defenses uncomfortable, find ways to create mismatches. And uh, a lot of offensive coordinators say that, but it feels, it feels like that very few are able to execute it to the same level that he's shown the ability to execute it throughout his entire career so far. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta have wrinkles and I think you made a good point. You got to make the defense uncomfortable. If you make a defense uncomfortable, uh, not only during the game, but in the week prep. Okay. So if I add in uh, a special play that you have to, it's almost like preparing for a triple option team. You know, you're doing things that require you to scheme differently, to use personnel differently. I don't care if you have a quarterback that can run or not. You have to have the threat of a quarterback run to influence how a defense calls the game. And yep. that makes it 11 on 11. There's no longer an extra hitter on defense. You have to court account for the quarterback in the run game. That doesn't only change your, your, your run fronts, doesn't only change your pressures. It changes your coverages as well. And so if you're limiting a team because of that extra fold, like you mentioned, the triple option, there's going to be other things. It might be these crazy motions you're seeing in the NFL that he integrates. He's a guy who always studies the game and he's going to find that extra fold that makes you spend time in practice throughout the week, making you uncomfortable, making you prepare. And then the other thing it does is it helps you talk about, you know, on if you've ever called plays. Um, getting a play ahead. If you're on defense and you can get a play ahead of the offensive coordinator, like you feel like you have control. Right. You're like, I, I've got their number on offense. When, when you're on a D when you're a defensive coach and that offense is a play ahead of you and you feel like you're like, Oh God, I got to come up with something to stop. And, and you're trying right. to, to make things happen via play call versus letting them happen as the game flows. That's a, Big, big deal. And I think one thing that Andy has done a great job is getting a play ahead and staying a play ahead um, throughout games, and we've seen it throughout right. his career. Now that we're back after fixing some connectivity issues, uh, let, let's go on to the next question we had, which uh, Penn State fans will be eager to hear a little bit about, is uh, 2024 commitment Ethan Grunkmeyer, uh, somebody who this time last year was virtually unknown to most of the college football world especially including those who follow recruiting had some offers from group of fives and maybe had a power five or two offer at this point last season uh but last spring his recruitment took off penn state uh really went after him hard ended up getting his commitment in may he ended up getting an elite 11 uh invite one day later went to the 11 finals had a solid shown and then this fall really built off that shown with a really strong season there in Ohio. Um, so two-part question, what have you seen out of Ethan on film this year and his development? Uh, and then how do you think he would fit in uh, a Colton Nicky offense, assuming that Colton Nicky is at Penn State beyond the 2024 season? 
if he's not, it's safe to assume that he's probably got a head coaching job somewhere. But uh, how how do you think he would fit? Uh, Grogmeyer would fit that offensive scheme. Uh, schematically, I think he's a perfect fit. Uh, you know, talk about he's not you know Jalen Daniels running the ball, but he's uh, you know I think last year he had a long run of fifty yards, so he's not a slug. Yep. You know he um, he can run the ball. You're not gonna you know make your money with him running the ball, but he does bring that to the table. He has the size. He's got serviceable speed, the same speed that he uses to extend plays that he when he needs to. Um, but you honestly don't see it a ton because he's so good with getting the ball out quickly and reading defenses and being in sync with his players. And I think you look at Kotal Nicky's offense and you see a lot of those same things, you know, the, the balls at the right place at the right time in the right hole, or if it's man coverage, you know, thrown back shoulder, whatever it may be. And so when you look at Ethan's game this year, liked him last year, really liked him. He took a huge step this year. And I told you, I had watched him a bunch, you know, going into rankings meetings. And, yep. uh, but before we hopped on here, I wanted to watch him one more time because I've watched a bunch of quarterbacks as well. And I put it back on and I was like, gosh, he, he is really good. Like I'm a big fan of him. And I look at some guys that are ahead of him in the rankings and I can see him continuing to rise. I think we'll see a little bump at, that Penn state fans will be happy about when the new rankings sure. get released in the coming uh, week. But um he gets the ball out quick. His mechanics are phenomenal. He throws a phenomenal deep ball. I mean, great deep ball. Uh, his release is compact. Uh, he can alter, you know, his, his throwing motion if necessary, uh, depending on, you know, what's in front of him, whether it's throwing beside guys, over the top guys, uh, he can alter his release point. Uh, extremely accurate. Uh, I don't want to say he's like perfect, perfect accurate, but, um, sure. you know, I think he went from like 62 to 66, you know, I, I think he can be a guy that's in that 68 plus range when he gets to college has guys that are going to catch the ball every single time. And he's really good with his ball placement. Uh, you can tell that he understands defenses. He knows where to go with the ball. Another staple of, of Andy's offense. So um, I think he took an, like you watched the film last year, you liked it. You watched the film this year, you love it. You get excited about yeah. it. And um, I just think he's got a chance to be very, very good now. And he's, he's a little Penn State tra- uh, trend. He's got the same quarterback coach as, as Drew, the same yeah. one as, as Ryan Montgomery. Uh, so, uh, you know, that guy's obviously done a really good job uh, developing quarterbacks. And, um, you know, uh, as these guys grow, they get older. And, you know, kids are getting trained at such a young age now. So sometimes yeah. when guys get to college, they're, they're almost tapped out. Uh, I don't see that with, with Ethan because he took such a big step from last year to this year. And he's just scratching the surface of what he will be. He's got the arm strength. He's got the ball placement. He's got the knowledge of the game. He sees the field well. He gets the ball out quick. Uh, a lot of guys who have a longer release at the high school level, which he does not, you know, they struggle when they get to the next level because that's a step. Uh, that can, you know, the difference between an incompletion or an interception at the college level, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Uh, And then also the anticipation and being in sync with his receivers. Uh, He's just, uh, I think he's got phenomenal upside. Uh, He's not as big as Drew, but he's got the size to be, especially in today's 
day and age of quarterbacks. Um, I think he has every tool to be a phenomenal quarterback. And uh, I would say he's at the schedule and development. I wouldn't have said that last year. I'd say he has the potential to be. I would say this year he's ahead of schedule and he's taken a huge step. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for him because, you know, you put him in there and you think about him and, and Andy together and you get some good receivers in there. And, uh, you know, you, you can have some magic happening. Uh, absolutely. And um, you talk about that size, 6'2", 190. Uh, maybe he grows another inch, uh, but it, w- when you look at what Penn State's been able to do in their strength and conditioning uh, uh, area over the over the James Franklin era, uh, there's definitely more more room for Grunkmeyer to grow physically as well on top of his quarterback development, which uh, we, we talked about earlier. Uh, Colton Nicky has been able to develop quarterbacks uh, throughout his entire uh, career, and then you combine that with uh, the – what Penn State believes they have in uh, graduate assistant Danny O'Brien, who served as the uh, quarterbacks coach over the last few weeks of the regular season. Um, Penn State, I, I know, is really excited about what they have in Gronk Meyer. And uh, now combine that with Colton Nicky, uh, kind of like with, what I was saying with Drew, with this ceiling being sky high, I, I think for Gronk Meyer, there is very much a similar ceiling there as well with what he's shown on tape this year. Um I think that's all I got for you today, Clint. So thank you for coming on the podcast to talk uh, some Andy Colton, Nikki, talk some Ethan Grunkmeyer, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again here uh, sometime soon to talk more Penn State recruiting, especially uh, with the Ninny Lions uh, constantly in uh, Ohio, Michigan, and uh, the west of Michigan. Wisconsin. Wisconsin <laughs> as well. Uh, a trio of Wisconsin commitments this uh, cycle, uh, and, and I don't think they're going to slow down anytime soon especially uh, with uh, Andy Koltanicki, obviously not going to be uh, an ace recruiter on the staff, but a guy with He's deep, capable. Uh, <laughs> very capable, but a guy with deep Midwest ties. Uh, is very well respected. Yeah. Yep. Should only help Penn state in the Midwest going forward as well. Uh, but thanks again for coming on. Yeah, man. It's a pleasure. Uh, I'd love to come back again soon. Thanks for having me.